Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. O God, whose Son is the Good Shepherd, grant us that when we hear his voice, we may know him and follow where he leads. Amen. Like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Lord, not unlike sheep, we can feel anxious and lost. We need your tending. In uncertainty, we long to hear your voice. In chaos, we long for your peace. In brokenness, we long for your healing. In loneliness, we long for your presence. In death, we long for your life. 
Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I fear no evil. 
Please join me in prayer. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Help us now to hear and obey what you say to us today. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. We turn this morning to the Gospel of John, the 10th chapter, the first 11 verses. John chapter 10, listen then for the voice of God. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. So therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, and they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. From the window of a tour bus in Israel, I watched Bedouin shepherds herding sheep by dog, horse, stick, and occasional motorcycle. There was little about it that was pastoral or idyllic. The terrain was brutal and unforgiving, with rocky hills, steep valleys, and a scattering of scrub brush. It was a bone-dry, barren wasteland. And by the way, I've been to Israel twice, Both times I saw Israelis choking off access to water for Palestinians. And both times I thought, we're going to end up fighting wars over water. But what struck me about the sheep herding was not the beauty, but the danger. The Bedouin shepherds shake a defiant fist in the face of the elements. They're threatened by sun, wind, thirst, and wild animals. But they aren't backing down. Everything seems so close to the bone, mean and mangy. With few green pastures or cool, still waters, they're literally herding sheep in the valley of the shadow of death. Now, there's a plethora of passages, sermons, and songs about sheep and shepherds in the Christian tradition. The pictures of an airbrushed Jesus carrying a little lamb come to mind. But I wonder if lost in those lyrical images are the dire straits of the desert. I wonder if what I saw out that tour bus window is closer to the spirit of Scripture 
than the comfort of the tradition. Because the sheep are burnt dry toast without the leading and protection of a shepherd. Gary Burge describes contemporary sheep herders this way. To lead a flock through a desolate region with bandits and hungry animals is still serious business. Shepherds commonly carry a four or five foot wooden staff that serves chiefly as a defensive weapon. They're also skilled with sling and stones. And when the flock is attacked, a good shepherd will never throw a lamb to the attacking animals in order to save the flock. But he tries to find a sheep pen and then stands himself between the flock and the danger. The desert is a desperate place. So Jesus, on the edges of the desert, offers up a familiar image. I am the sheep gate. I am the good shepherd. The sheep hear my voice. And the original listeners would have heard something more to do with safety than with comfort. And the image here is as much about the threats as it is about the security. You know, last week I said in an empty sanctuary that wakes and funerals are liminal space, and right now even that space is ruptured. Richard Rohr expands or extends that idea. Listen to Rohr's take. Liminal space is an inner state and sometimes an outer situation where we can begin to think and act in new ways. It is where we are betwixt and between, having left one room or stage of life, but not yet entered the next. We usually enter liminal space when our former way of being is challenged or changed. Perhaps when we lose a job or a loved one during illness, at the birth of a child, or a major relocation. It is a graced time, but often doesn't feel graced in any way. Because in such space, we are not certain or in control. This global pandemic we now face is an example of an immense collective liminal space. So, dear friends, I wonder if it's helpful to think of this time of global pandemic as a transitory time, a liminal space to some changed reality. It's hard to believe that things will go back to normal. It's hard to believe that we won't come out of this changed in some way. And therefore, even as it pulls back the illusion of comfort and control for so many, even as it strips things down to the bone, sometimes mean and mangy, even as it feels like the edge of the desert, is there also a chance to listen more intently for the Good Shepherd? Is there also an opportunity to be graced in some way? Is there also an awareness of life's abundant fullness? Consider our text. 
Jesus says that he is both the sheep herder and the sheep gate. A herder is imaginable. But why a raggedy old gate swinging on a rusty hinge? Well, as I understand it, first century shepherds on the West Bank didn't build pens or corrals with fencing and an operable gate. Rather, the sheep would be led into a cave or a closed-off ravine to sleep at night, and then the shepherd would lay down over the entryway. In order for the sheep to get out or a wolf to get in, they would have to go over the body of the shepherd, the sheep gate. Now, I don't know if that's exactly what Jesus had in mind, but on the edge of the desert... In uncertainty and danger, when whatever you believe about health and science and economics is largely a function of who you watch or read or listen to, the body of Jesus as protection is a powerful image. That's not to say that we won't be bruised by a brutal landscape. That's not to say that we won't traverse the valley of the shadow of death. That's not to say that cancer or economic collapse won't have their day. But it is to say that ultimately, nothing, neither powers nor principalities nor pandemics, will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. You are ultimately and eternally safe. Nothing will snatch you from the fold of the good shepherd. Thanks be to God. May that comfort in life and in death be sustaining for the living of these days. Frederick Dale Bruner tells the story of a rural Palestinian family embroiled in the continuing conflict with Israel. The battle is over land, access to water, and encroaching settlements. It's a daily struggle. And in the chaos of that conflict, the husband was killed, the family's livestock was confiscated, and the widow was left in dire straits. But an all-too-typical story takes a colorful little twist here. The woman went to inquire about the family's animals. The sheep were being detained, sequestered with other sheep and goats. And the woman pleaded for access. A very hesitant Israeli officer pointed to the pen containing hundreds of animals and quipped that it was impossible for her to call out her small flock from such a large herd. She asked the officer that if she could separate them herself, would he be willing to let her take her livestock? He agreed. A soldier opened the gate, and the woman's son produced a small reed flute. He played a simple tune again and again and again, and soon sheep heads began popping up across the pen. The young boy continued to play and walked toward home, followed by the family flock of 25 sheep. Or as John puts it, 
The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. The shepherd calls, and the bleeding sheep follow. As those who belong, body and soul, to Jesus, part of our calling is tuning our ears to hear the shepherd's reed flute. Part of our calling is learning to hear his call over all the other voices that squawk for our attention, bury us in noise, and keep telling us toxic lies. Part of our calling is learning to listen for the voice of the shepherd. I was recently asked if I'd added anything new to life while sheltering in place. Had I picked up any hobbies? Checked any boxes on my bucket list? Read the brothers Karamazov? I sheepishly acknowledge that I hadn't added anything. Time has been slower, and with that, there's more time to talk with Sandy, my wife, more time to read, and new rhythms and expectations for work. And the same may be true for some of you. While you might have to navigate homeschooling, there is also the gift of a different quality of time with your children, or your spouse, or yourself. There is a certain slowness and stillness. There is time together. The truth is, sheltering in place is a privilege. While some are scrambling on the front lines and some are crushed by financial fears and claustrophobia and some are faced with difficult, demanding days and decisions as doctors, nurses, and administrators and as some are simply lost in the uncertainty, it is a privilege to be on pause. In this liminal space, how might we be changed? Look, I know that these are also worrisome and disappointing days when you're readying for college, planning a wedding, expecting to travel, or anxious about money lasting. But in this time of uncertainty, is there also a way to deconstruct something and reconstruct something else, to borrow a line from Allison Veenstra, who grew up here at Hope Church. What will slip away for good? What new will rise? And how will the essentials of life be reformed for each of us? What will slip away for good? What new will arise? And how will the essentials of life be reformed for each of us? Well, dear friends, in this time, can we listen anew for the way and will of Jesus? Can we tune our ears to his tune? Even when our communal spiritual practices have been changed, can we find new ways 
through prayer, meditation, scripture reading, longer, slower conversations with loved ones, reading, to reimagine what it might mean to follow Jesus. What can we let go of? What can we hold on to? And what can we reform? And maybe a simple first step is to ask for the Spirit's leading in this liminal space. Finally, this. Jesus juxtaposes the dangers of sheep stealers with the promise of life in its fullness or abundance. He would be a shepherd that leads his flock into life. That promise is clearly not about prosperity or freedom from illness or some pathway that skirts struggles with mental health or addiction or loneliness or loss. Life just doesn't bear that out. That promise does not somehow lift us up out of life's disappointments or deaden our senses to the struggles of others. But, but what if it lets us live with the deep confidence that finally and fully we belong to the shepherd and nothing will snatch us from his hand, and that no matter how hard or harsh the journey, we are not left without guidance. We are not left without a way of being, a way of being that's spelled out in scripture, tradition, and guided by the spirits. Those two gifts, the protection and the guidance of the shepherd, seem to lead to a life of fullness. We would be diminished with anything less. So while there may be danger, distractions, and misleading voices, while there will be a time of darkness and times of good light on green pastures, there is also the promise of protection and the calling of the Good Shepherd the one who lays down his life for his sheep. There's nothing to fear. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Father God, we praise you for being a wonderful God. We praise you for being an amazing God. We praise you for being a loving God. We praise you for being the creator God. You love us by caring for us in our everyday lives. You give us friends to have fun with, either at school or at church or online. You care for us by giving us pets to have fun with. You give us time to be outside and enjoy the sun. Thank you for comfortable homes. Thank you for delicious food. Thank you for keeping us safe and healthy. Thank you for the animals and flowers that we see now that it is springtime. Thank you for the Bible where we can learn about you and how much you love us. We lift up these members of our church family in prayer. Mina Visser and Karen Sluice as they undergo radiation and chemotherapy. Eleanor DeYoung with her ongoing infection. Those who are struggling with loneliness and feeling disconnected those who are balancing working from home and schooling from home, those who are feeling anxious and uncertain and upset about what is going on in the world around us. Be with our church family members who struggle with health and who are immunocompromised and are dealing with an extra amount of worry and anxiety. We also lift up in prayer the community, state, and national leaders who are making difficult decisions. Give them wisdom and discernment and surround them with people who will give them sound advice. We pray for those working in the medical field and doing scientific research. Give them clarity of mind as they make decisions in day-to-day care of patients and as they seek to find answers and treatments to COVID-19 and any number of health issues that weigh on our bodies. We are so thankful for the wisdom and knowledge you have given them, Lord. We pray for insight into the questions they are looking to answer. Lord, in all of these things, help us to listen for your voice. We put our hope and trust in you. Lord, in our thankfulness and in our requests, hear our prayers. Amen. We were scheduled for communion this morning. Since the shelter-in-place order, we've missed three baptisms and four celebrations of the Lord's Supper. Those are essential life-giving practices for this community. There are some churches that are offering communion through Facebook Live, and I watched a socially distant baptism online. At least at this point, Hope's elders have decided not to try the sacraments by podcast. However, we miss both the experience and the symbol of being gathered around the table together. We miss the intergenerational sign and seal of the Good Shepherd making provision for all of his sheep. We miss seeing one another and breaking bread together. And so in that spirit, we have collected your selfies at a meal, and we're offering this video montage as a reminder, as a glimpse of God's people gathered together in the promise of the great feast of the Lamb. So after the benediction, I hope you'll click on the video link to see hope around the table of the King. And now... May you go to love God and love neighbor, to serve God and to serve neighbor. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. 
May the Lord lift up his light upon you and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen.